dog we were just talking about why you think the chihuahua is the most fearsome apex predator in the history of man and i just want you to explain to the listener how you came to that conclusion my grandmother had a chihuahua named macho interesting interesting hmm, controversial take <laughs> what evidence do you have to support that that little bastard would bite my ankles. <laughs> we're a little, we're a little exhausted. Our pre-show went a little long. Whole yo, our pre-show was three hours. So it's it's it like actually yeah, like two. Not by the time I get done cutting it. it won't. <laughs> Surprise everybody! That's bonus bonus content. That's uh, the, there's no paywalls. <laughs> <laughs> that will ever not yet that's going to be buried in the deep 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 bowels of you being lore some we talked that's gonna be some there's gonna be some tricky editing for me tomorrow ah <laughs> uh, man you know, i i have 100 percent faith in how you will edit it i mean look at the end of the day me and you are grown men and whatever comes out of it comes out of it that's it <laughs> <laughs> that, I mean, that's all I can say. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna make you look like a total dick. <laughs> gonna make me a tool, right? And guess I'm gonna, what? Every- I'm gonna ask you about Lacroix, and you're gonna go off on a fucking political tangent. <laughs> <laughs> you're just gonna mix match the whole episode. <laughs> oh man. Uh, what can it. I say, man? I'm running for office. But um, <laughs> welcome everybody to this episode of You, Me, and Lore. I'm your host, Brandon Wainer, and uh, with me as always is the man who once got bit in the ankle by a chihuahua, Kenny Gomez. They call me, C- was it Caesar Milan? <laughs> the dog was <laughs> Apparently not if you're getting fucked up. Well, yeah, I'm whispering, so I will kick you if you keep biting me. <laughs> I was drinking a beer, you son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, I do want to say this. Not all chihuahuas are mean like macho. I don't want to rope every chihuahua in there. But he was just particularly an asshole. <laughs> That's it. All the chihuahuas, I'm sure. Hey, they got a movie. George Lopez voiced a chihuahua, so they're doing something oh, right. <laughs> oh man don't say that ever again joe rogan now won't listen to this podcast because you brought up george Lopez. <laughs> <laughs> what what don't they have a beef do they have a beef what? i think when it's they... like a long standing since the 90s what? Beef too yeah bro this is this is how you bring up a yeah. controversial topic yeah, yeah. 
Oh no, it wasn't. It was. It wasn't fucking George Lopez. It was. I thought it was Carlos Mencia. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I okay. always get them mixed up because both Bro. of them became successful. So it's hard to remember which one was the fucking fraud out of the two ones. Yo, but Carlos Mencia lied about being Mexican. Yeah, he did. Yeah, <laughs> I like how do you? Uh, yeah, like no, <laughs> you can't mix them up. Like George Lopez was one hundred percent Mexican and he repped it. <laughs> this dude was looking for clout. Like, yo, uh, Carlos Mencia is the ultimate original clout chaser. I can see that. Yeah, yeah, I, dude, I, you, I, I, I can give the credence to that. Yeah, yeah. Hell, I watched Mind of Mincy. I'm not going to pretend like I, I didn't watch the show, by the way. But yeah, dude, like, yeah. Like, and now, like, all the facts have come out. Like, yeah, dude, he was clout chasing hard. What a bitch. <laughs> I'll fight him. I'll fight him for Joe Rogan. <laughs> I challenge him. Are you going to go old school? Like, have your, like, white velvet glove? Yeah. Oh, wow. I'm going to challenge him to a duel. Uh, surely that's got to be legal in a state. <laughs> Somewhere that has to be legal. Part of me wants to say Pennsylvania. I don't know why. I, that's weird that you say that because now you said it. <laughs> my brain was immediately like, yeah, that's totally right. I, that totally <laughs> makes sense. <laughs> that's that's totally the- right. Don't even question him. He's got that. <laughs> that. That sounds like a revolutionary state, if I if I may say. A little revolutionary. What? I think we need to bring back the duel. I'm going to say it right now. If I ever became president, that'd be the first thing I fucking went for was bringing back the duel. I think that there needs to be in every, every, I'd say at least two per state, uh, an arena of sorts of not, doesn't have to be big, but an arena of sorts. And, um, it's literally just designed for people to duel. And there has to be paperwork, of course, you know, otherwise it's just, it's just murder. But if you add paperwork, it's fine. And, um, yeah, just do some paperwork. Like, yeah, one of us is going to die here today. And that's it. <laughs> and just fucking, all right, fucking take your paces. <laughs> Go. I, I do want, I would like to add in this arena, I, I say we add a subsection just for, for fist fighting, old school fisticuffs, just because not everybody's ready to catch a bullet. But some I people do think want to that hit needs to be expanded. Person. I do think yeah. that needs to be expanded. Yeah. Bring back fist fights. Everybody's such a bitch now. Like, Oh, come at me, bro. Like, you started it, motherfucker. Like, I've been here minding my goddamn business. <laughs> did they, did they use the B word? <laughs> did I they use the B shit. word again? <laughs> God, it's so fucking annoying. Like, bring, like, let people duke it out in the streets, settle some shit. You know, that's how best friends are made, is from two dudes who fight. <laughs> like,. I, it, I'm I'm not gonna deny it. I think I think some of my <laughs> right. best some of my best friendships have been from other men that I like. I thought I despised. <laughs> then I was like, "You're a pretty cool guy. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't so." I just need to look through the world through your eyes. <laughs> it's there's one kid I can think of growing up, and, and a lot of it was I think me and him were like always going after the same girl. Oh, that'll and, do it. Right, yeah, like, and normal guy stuff. There's always a girl. And then, you know, they're like, hey, you guys hang out. And, like, by accident, it's always by accident, the two guys hang out. Yep. And it's yep. like. You don't ever mean to. Like, you just show up at the same place at the same time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or no, one of you's already it's, there, so you, the other guy doesn't want to look like a bitch and leave because the other guy's there, you know, because guy stuff. <laughs> you know, it was funny because we, we, end, we ended up bonding because our. I'm not, I'm not gonna say where our art teacher 
he was breaking down like early 70s New York to us and like how that shit was like a wild ride. Mind you, we're like, I, I think we were probably, we were youngins. We were youngins and he's just like breaking down life in New York at this time. And, and we all kind of bonded over that. New York in the 70s, I would argue, um, is the only time New York is worse than it is now. Uh, mm, I forget. Who's the mayor that cleaned everything up? Was it was it Giuliani? Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to I think really who's don't. the guy before Giuliani. Yeah, because you got to remember, yo, there was a time that you could walk on um, Times Square and there were nothing but peep shows. So, whoever cleaned that part up, was, was, I mean, that that's probably the worst time where, like, you could literally go get a a, a sexy handshake in Times Square. <laughs> I mean, Times Square has always notoriously been bad, though. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, One... notorious. Like, go walk yeah. your dog and maybe get mugged. Who knows? You know, you're just in it for the thrill. <laughs> it's the New York experience. <laughs> I've only been in New York once. I've only yeah, I'm like New York's not that bad. It is weird that there's a like I I can say the last last time I was up there, there really is a camera almost on every corner. So I really find it hard when they can't find people. Weird. Yeah, crazy. Weird. (laughs) But anyway, we're we're not talking about cameras. Um, We today are finally going to pick up where we left off with. uh, the master class dr halsey we're going to talk in a little bit about a harvest just because harvest is the kind of reoccurring theme throughout the series so don't worry we're not going on another harvest tirade um that won't happen until about a year from where we're at now so we got time but um we're gonna be we just left off where we left everybody was all of the kids were getting their augmentations Dr. Halsey was having her moral conundrum. Let's see here. We left our boy Preston Cole. He was was he in, he was just getting with another chick, wasn't he? Uh Coltrane? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think Coltrane's um Coltrane's second marriage is going to start. Also, y'all, I'm saying Coltrane, please don't mix him up with the guy from Gears of War. We're talking about <laughs> Preston Cole. I just want to call him Coltrane. That's the real all. one. <laughs> Gears of War, I don't think we'll... I mean, eventually we'll have to do a Gears of War, but... Eh. I'm not in a rush. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, man. If, if Horde Mode was still hyped, I it'd definitely be on the agenda, but I haven't heard anybody talk about Gears of War Horde Mode in, like, ten years. So... I remember, like, a couple years ago, there was that big fucking... I say a couple years, maybe, like, a year or two tops that they were, like, pushing the new Gears of War, and, like, everybody was like, eh. And they are like, no, be psyched! And everybody was like, Eh. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Yo, you know which gear, and and we'll get off this thing and get, and get back to the episode. You know which Gears of War was surprisingly good that a lot of people don't talk about. Three. No, the um, not 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 even not even the actual Gears of War. The oh. XCOM version of Gears of War is actually pretty good. No shit. Yes, it's it's actually pretty. It's pretty well done, but it's one of those that kind of went under the radar. Huh. I might have to look into that. Mm-hmm. If if I, it's not, it should be on Game Pass. But like, even if you don't want to actually play it, there are plenty of streamers that that streamed it, and it's it's actually a pretty good game. 
I might have to do that. Then again, I've had XCOM 2 sitting on my fucking, in my library forever, <laughs> and I haven't yet touched it. Like, so. Oh, you've, you've never, oh, dude, dude. Yeah, well, I played it on the Xbox, but I didn't, like, get into it, get into it, because so many other things came out, and, um, but now I picked it up on Steam, because it was on, like, sale, like, all the DLCs and everything for, like, 10 bucks or some shit, and I was like, yeah, obviously I'm getting that. And then uh, I never, never did anything with it. It's one of those Steam games where it just sits in my library, unplayed. Hey, you know that little mod, mod website you'd like to enjoy? I do know one. <laughs> Very <Yeah>. well. <laughs> um, after this episode, go in there and type in um, XCOM 2. I'm going to now. now oh, yeah. And just like that, it became an all-nighter. Yeah, um, <laughs> I'll, I'll see you. I'll see you in a couple weeks. <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh man, I I want to make this clear. They don't care if you have mods on. You're gonna get those achievements. They welcome it. I mean, worst case scenario, you just get the mod that fucking turns them back on. No, dude. They 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 know people are modding the game. Like okay. yo, they yeah they know. Like mind you, they know people. People make other game modes for XCOM too. No shit. Yeah, dude. Like, um, e- example, like, um, you've played XCOM one. Well, XCOM, you know, the the most recent one, right? Not two, but the first one. No, um, I don't know why. No, I made that one I skipped entirely. I know what you're talking about. You, no, I skipped it entirely. Oh, you never played it? Okay, well, that game was hard as is, and it, it equally it gets equally harder as you up the difficulty. Well, somebody was like, "Hey, how can I make harder even harder?" Oh, good. If you ever get the chance to, to watch the first one um, on, on YouTube, watch it. Um, you're going to look for anybody who's playing the Long War mod. And like it, it is. Yeah, dude, it, it's probably the, the closest thing to being like, this is what it would feel like if this was an actual invasion. You know what game I've always wanted to get you into? If you like XCOM, it's not a strategy game. Well, it's a strategy game, but it's a grand strategy. It's not like a XCOM style. What's up? Hearts, Hearts of Iron. It's it's one of those I've looked at. I I just I, I never dude. I, I will tell you like this. I haven't even played um, Chaos Gate yet, and I've owned it for like close to two weeks already. Oh God! So. I we're adults. We we have to live in real life. Yeah. And and just like real life, let's talk about these real life consequences to these children. <laughs> so, let's get into them. Uh, the resources for today are Halo The Fall of Reach, Halo Evolutions, The Impossible Life, Impossible Death of Preston J. Cole, Halo Contact Harvest, Halo Silent Storm, and a little bit out of Halo Collateral Damage. Um that we may get into towards the ass end setting everything up as well as halo wars did we um did we throw in halo evolutions in there uh no we did not no we did halo evolutions we are talking about the story pariah Oh, Dirt will also be a little bit in there, too, from Halo Evolutions. But to be fair, The Impossible Life, Impossible Death, and Preston J. Cole is also Halo Evolutions. 
Oh, good. But, I just want to make sure, yeah. But it's such sure a badass title that you have to say the whole thing. <laughs> it's only fair. <laughs> like, that's it's such a cool fair. fucking title. I can't get over it every time I see it. The Impossible Life, Impossible Death <laughs> of Preston J. Cole. It's just so cool. Um, but we are going to pick up in this episode with the Spartan roster. To kind of get a feel for where our Spartans are. Um, in terms, because bearing in mind, this is all going down, um, round or about while all the bullshit's going down on Harvest. So it's kind of a <laughs> apex area, if you will, for a plot development. So we got a lot of dive through. So, so we, do we want to start with, um, the successfuls? Or do we want to go through um, your boy? Um, let's let's get to the depressing part first, <laughs> and then we'll talk about all the success. Because it's like, hey, Good we're call. gonna start a hot. Here's everybody who survived. <laughs> like that's just and like, why are you gonna ish on a kid nerds. when he's down? Yeah. <laughs> Speaking um, of your boy, who was who was that? Uh, that the random one who was used in a commercial one time, and they gave him a name. <laughs> that was it. Uh, hold on, Where, where's my man? I gotta pull up the the. I gotta I gotta pull up the. I think the actual the actual name of him. Yeah, because well, actually he might. Was show it up. Jerome? No, I, it was not Jerome. Jerome was the badass, right? It was um zeros. Okay, who was who was Spartan seventy three? Who was 073. Hold on, I gotta find the the list. Okay, here we go. Oh, that was the no name. Remember, they didn't even name yeah. him. They didn't even name him. Yeah, my man doesn't even get a name. He's just he's just Spartan. Like, not only is he Spartan seventy three, it was like, yeah, we're gonna totally kill this black guy just cause, like, right? Yeah. Not even a horror movie. <laughs> like, well, actually, you can because technically this would qualify as what sci fi horror. So true, 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 true. You know that that's me looking out for you, Bungie. Speaking I care. Of sci fi horror. We're going to totally do a Halo one. Or a, not a Halo. We're on Halo, Brandon, you fucking moron. Um, <laughs> he's, only, he's only five beers in. Alien. He's only five in. <laughs> it's a little more than that. but <laughs> um, Alien. Oh, that'll be fun. That'd that'll, be fun, Yeah, right? that'll, that'll be definitely, yeah. That'd be yeah, a ooh. lot of fun. Yeah, but I, I, um, before we go down this rabbit hole, we'll we'll sidebar because yeah, that could yeah, totally yeah, turn yeah, into yeah. Halo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, because where so do you want to start? start? <laughs> um, well, let's start with the fact uh, Ken Dog and I have disagreeing information <laughs> on the amount of um, quote unquote the term they used washouts. <laughs> <laughs> is that what we're gonna and say we're, we're not we're not gonna get into it again this episode because it'd be the fourth episode where we're like no fuck you <laughs> my numbers are right so yeah. if you hear yeah. two different numbers when it comes to anything that could be under the umbrella term washouts just deal with it i there, there's no actual there's like four sources and all of them say a different number so i don't care like it's just is what it is <laughs> i i chalk it up to perfect only propaganda that's when you're doing it right well we don't know how many spartans actually did watch only's propaganda is so good we're in a different reality and it's still hitting us but um <laughs> But all right, let's start with uh, why don't we start speaking of washouts since we're on the depressing side. Let's start with your favorite number. 066, Mr. Soren. And y'all, uh, just to give you a recap, 
If you remember Soren, once again, he was the only Spartan offered the opportunity to take the, um, to excuse me, to get the augmentation or to decline it. Um, and and it's interesting in the sense of you know Soren gets summoned into Halsey's office. She actually asks him like, "Hey, do you remember the first time we met?" Um, and she he recalls like, "Yeah, you made me, you gave me a choice." And then she breaks down like, "Hey, the whole point of the augmentation is to you know make you guys like the perfect soldier." And she explains all the risks. He's the only Spartan that actually knows what terrible things. Are going to be happen happening to them and he says yes he's like he says yes because the biggest thing is soren doesn't want to be left behind now as you guys know soren uh was one of our quote unquote washouts his augmentation uh the the augmentation that got him was for um, the muscle enhancer. That's the one that got him. Uh, and and just to remind you how bad it went. When he got injected. His muscles spasmed out so bad. The kid had a vision. Of his dead mother. Gross. And. Mind you, this is a, a vision of his mom, who's dead and rotting, by the way. This is the, the, the vision he got when he opened the door. Um, and, and mind you, I there's a whole dream sequence for Soren. Um, I do recommend reading um, the book just because of the impact of it and I, I know I can't do it justice. It's, it's definitely one of those you really want to read again. But um, it, it, there's multiple stages to his dream, right? Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Ooh. But yeah, originally he's like he's like stalking and hunting this deformed creature. Uh, fun fact: the creature is himself. Um, you know he he he's like he's coming in and out of the surgery. He has a dream of his of his mother, her rotting corpse. Um, he, see, he sees his stepfather show up. Uh, it's it's a really bad time for Soren. He he wakes up. Whole reason he did this because he was indebted to the program, like everybody else. He did not want to get left behind. Um, sadly, his story as a Spartan ends here. Um, his muscles contracted. They wrapped around his legs and arms incorrectly. He was a bit deformed. Um, Soren would go on to be in constant pain, have constant migraines. Um, he was sadly one of our washouts. However, this is only the midpoint in his story. But yeah, I wanted to start with Soren since he's kind of been our other Spartan next to John that we've been talking to. Mm. So he is our first washout. But I do highly recommend um, reading Halo Evolution, reading his story. It is it is very very well done. Yeah, so every, Brandon, I've purposely not looked into him just because like you get you're so enthralled with him that like I I don't want it to be ruined. You know what I mean? Like I want all the information to come from you. <laughs> that yeah, I no. Yeah, man, and it, it's 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 such a thing because with Soren kind of being the control. 
uh, of the experiment and for him to be a hunter, like it's it's weird in the sense that like Soren was kind of a Corn is like Soren is like it's following John without following John. Like if you if you wanted to see that other perspective and and just to kind of see how dedicated everybody was and. In terms of the augmentation scene and, and when he's having the dream of, of 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 chasing himself and like seeing his stepdad, seeing his mom, um, <clears throat> excuse me, it um yeah it's it, it, it's it's real it's real sad in a sense as you as you read it and even then um, I'm not gonna go too too much into his recovery because that'll that'll be part of like the next section that we cover um, with. Soren, but um, once again, the the other reason why I like the Soren story so much because it kind of shows Halsey's human side. Speaking of Halsey's human side, mm. I've had a little uh, a little detail I have been holding to say Ooh. until this episode. Dum dum dum. So everybody knows, I say everybody, and I mean everybody because if you listen to this podcast, you know that we love our dates. Everybody knows that on March 9th, 2525 is when the Spartans began their argumentations, right? And the same time, Reach happened? I mean, not Reach, uh, Harvest? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, Harvest gets glassed on February 25th, 2525. Ah, yes. I.e., <laughs> yes, that's yes. when... Um, Johnson, or yeah, when Johnson made it out and fucking I and all that kind of crap. Um, Harvest finished just a few days prior to this, but do you want to know what happened in between the two events? So, between Harvest getting glassed on February 25th and the Spartans getting fucking augmentations on March 9th, a very important detail happened. And I haven't brought it up, but I'm going to bring it up today. Bring it down. Is it um uh, ooh, ooh Miranda? Yes it is. Dr. Halsey <laughs> has her baby born Miranda Halsey on 28 February 2525. Hot damn. Mhm. And everybody who knows the story is like, "Fuck you, that's not her name. Fuck you, it is at first. <laughs> Get some research, bitch. Um but I digress. You're our loving fans, and we love you. Um, <laughs> it's tough love. It's tough love. It's tough love. No, she is born Miranda Halsey, and she is born on the 28th of February, 2525. And that just kind of goes into our episode that we did. It was a bonus episode. You're not missing anything if you skipped it. Our episode when we did it with DD214 Gaming, and we were talking about the effect of Halsey being pregnant onto her kids and i kind of tiptoed <laughs> it was like ah maybe maybe not it was because she had it <laughs> she had her fucking kid <laughs> we just hadn't brought it up yet in the story because we were so focused mm. on harvest oh um, it's true <laughs> but uh yeah so there is a little baby halsey um while the spartans are getting their augmentations now the number i have is 30 spartan two candidates are killed in the augmentation procedures for the for the sake of actually getting through the episode, I'm just going to agree with you, and we're going to go on from there. I'm going to agree with you. That's um, it. <laughs> I thought about it. I'm like, no, this I'm yeah. this is the hill I'm not going to die on. <laughs> good call. Good call. Um, 
But a few of them that I do want to bring up on uh, washouts, not necessarily deaths, but washouts, are Alice, Jerome, and Douglas. Um, Alice and Jerome are definitely going to have their stories told um, as kind of one-shots way later down the line. I personally love Alice's storyline. It's fucking phenomenal. Honestly, um, how the fuck she doesn't have her own game is bewildering to me. Um, Jerome, obviously, Ken Dog, you and I have talked about Jerome before. <laughs> that dude's a monster that we need to talk about later. Bro, um, he likes things to go boom, boom. <laughs> That's all mm, I can tell you. Mm-hmm. Jerome's a fucking hoss. Um, however, they only mention one specifically. And uh, the one specific death that did... What was the name of the one, Ken Dog? The, the, the uh, old launch he launched for. Uh, break. Give me a little bit more context. I'm I'm drawing a blank of what exactly you're asking me. Where all the Spartans are fucked up at a funeral. <laughs> oh, okay, perfect. Actually, uh, we're bringing back a an oldie but a goodie. Um, one of them, if you guys remember, way back when the kids were like seven or eight, they were on a little message, little message, a little mission, and one of them asked John, "Who's getting left behind?" And karma paid him back by catching a fist to the face from a grown man. Well, karma came back for him a second time. Uh, you remember Fajad? I can't believe I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fajad is actually one of our washouts. You know what? He's... Yes, <laughs> yeah, for, uh, God, I, I, he's reasonable. Yeah, so for John, he's a reasonable he actually, loss. <laughs> he's a reasonable loss. Well, no, the, well, he he is one of our washouts. But um, and just to clarify for everybody, uh, and you and I and I think before we go too too in depth with Fajad, I do want to kind of go back uh, to to the funeral a little bit. And and Brandon, keep me honest, because we we touched on the funeral a little bit, correct or no? Um, we did. However, it was all cut. Ah, because, just because of the flow of the story, it felt forced, so I took it okay. out. So, all right. So, uh, um, so when it comes to Fajad, here's what happened. Because I'm not gonna go too too exactly what happens. Actually, I will go because we're not really gonna talk about him after this. Um. So Fajad, just like Soren, um, the muscle part of the augmentation did not go his way. He suffered from spasms as well. Uh, However, his story may end with the Spartans, but it doesn't end with Oni. And I will leave it at that. Oh, God, I know where you're going. Um, Thanks, research. Um. A few other ones I want to talk about. You remember we brought up a little a little guy by the name of Kirk? Yeah! Kirk 18. Um, he didn't die. However, he did wash out. Good old Kirk. Yes. <laughs> yeah, because remember that was the whole Kirk-Kirk debate? Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of like Soren and Saren. <laughs> yes. Also, it's funny you mentioned Saren because Saren is another washout. Mm-hmm. Sarah 19. Um, now, yep. his shit, he actually didn't have as bad as Soren. He actually um, will 
he won't get his own series, so I'm just going to go ahead and say what happens to him, if you're cool with that. Oh, yeah, break it down. Break it down, Kate. Um, It really doesn't spoil anything, but just kind of give closure for his story. Uh, for those of you who are interested, or for those diehards, um, yeah, I'm just kind of going through it. But uh, he ended up going... He became fully rehabilitated, and uh, what parts of him that didn't re- he weren't able to be rehabilitated um, actually got repaired by Oni. He then got recruited as an Oni field op- operative, operator, and he nicknamed the surname of Osman. So later on, he will kind of make an appearance again. If we ever go into the black storyline, um, outside of that, that's all you need to know is he basically goes into black ops for Oni. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, for all you, su- you super fans, uh, kilo five, we're going to leave it at that. Mm-hmm. I should have just said that. <laughs> but uh, an- another one that we talked about was Cassandra 75. Um, she got discharged. And the last update we have on her is she is still rehabilitating in current timeline affairs. Yeah, I believe um, if you guys read Fall of Reach, I believe she's actually one of the ones that's in the tank. Um, cause I can't think of the, the two Spartans. So after the augmentation, y'all, um, you know, we see, we see glimpses of who washed out. There were two Spartans in, in floating tanks because they're, they, the augmentation rejection was so bad. I believe they had to sedate them and like, I think put them in, in what's the word? Uh, cryo. They either put them in cryo or in um, in a coma, an extended gotcha. like long term coma, on, on, like while they're trying to figure this shit out. Um, uh, oh, I th- okay. Oh, I was I was gonna you know I was thinking man just to kind of make the the wash ups easier because just to kind of get through what happened and what happened to them afterwards. Let's talk about the funeral. Um, a little bit, especially um, John's encounter with the other um, of the other person who's just doing their job. Gotcha. And, um, and then that'll actually clear it up a little bit easier for us. Definitely. The only three I'm going to bring up real quick, the three fully re- rehabilitated with no extra bullshit attached are Douglas, Jerome, and Alice. That's the only reason I brought them up earlier. Um, they become fully rehabilitated. They do wash out. Um, but they don't need any bells and whistles to move on. And with that said, let's move on to the funeral. Uh, if you guys want to look into like the full roster, you can, it is very, very easy to find. Um, once again, you might get conflicting information. That's just because the stories conflict a little bit. Once again, that's the old Microsoft versus Bungie (laughs) era. So yeah, let's move on to the funeral. Ken dog. So I'm, I, w- I want to paint a picture. Um, imagine you are on a deck. If you've ever been on a cruise, you've ever been on a ferry, you're on, you're on the back deck. And, you, and instead of seeing a view of water and clouds and stuff, you see the vacuum of space. You have this beautiful deck window into the vacuum of space. Stars and whatnot. Now imagine 
imagine, you know, that special time you were in school and you had all your friends and whatnot. And instead of going to this deck for an event to chill and celebrate, you're going to this event to bury your friends, your family. Because regardless of everything these kids have been through, all they have was each other. So you're all lined up. And for the first time, I guess for the really the first time in a very, very long time, you're leaving your friends behind forever. You get to watch their caskets get launched into space, gone forever. You're not going back for them. There's no second chances or no way to save them. And you're always taught no man left behind. And that's what John is experiencing. He's standing here with his fellow Spartans, watching them get ejected into the vacuum of space. And in his mind, he's trying to figure out where he failed. What did he do wrong? What could he have done to save his friends? Because this is a man that broke the game and made sure that no matter what, everybody got home. And as the proceedings are as the proceedings are really wrapping up, um, this is where we actually get to see the the washouts. This is where we see Fajad. This is where we where we I think I believe uh, Renee is one of them, and Cassand and and he ta- and John talks about you know, for instance, Fajad is in a wheelchair. He's like in a wheelchair, not having a great time, and. John's protective instincts for his family is so strong that when a random UNSC personnel is rolling the kids out of the deck where they had the funeral, John is the first one to jump in front of him and be like, where are you taking them? And mind you, this isn't a John that's asking. Like John is about to break this man in half. Because he doesn't know what they're doing with these Spartans. And and this is actually when Mendez jumps in. Mendez jumps in and he 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 tells he tells John, you know, at ease, let the guy go. He's doing his job. And even the guy is freaking out. He's like, hey man, I'm I'm just doing what I'm supposed to do. And Mendez comforts John and letting him know, listen, you know, certain Spartans washed out. Certain Spartans didn't survive the augmentation. However, your Fajaj, your Sorens, um, who else? We're, we're going to use Fajad and Soren right now. For Fajad and Soren, any Spartan that didn't go through augmentation properly, they weren't just released back into the world. Because remember, these kids were made to be the perfect soldiers. Their bodies were trained to peak physical condition, but so were their minds. So a lot of the Spartans whose augmentations didn't go right, a lot of them actually did end up working for Oni. And a lot of them would actually provide... um, uh, I I want to make sure I say this right. Um, I'm I'm going to compare this to Oracle and Batman. 
So yeah, yeah, I remember how when Batgirl got shot, she was providing like tactical um, advice and information to everybody on the field. That's what these Spartans went on to do. Not all of them. Um, some of them did. They would be working with the Spartans in, in real in live missions. And I think we'll touch on that when we expand on the when the Spartans are actually in, in full combat. Um, but they work for Oni doing a plethora of things. Fajad, for instance, published a paper on slip space physics. So clearly their bodies may have not been 100%, but their brains weren't out of, out of it. So any kid that watched that, but they could still think they got it. They had a job with Oni. And Brandon, do you remember the conversation that Mendez and John had? Um, yeah, it was Don't be silly, wrap your willy. <laughs> I nailed it. This guy. <laughs> no, I don't I don't at all, man. I don't. <laughs> so you know, the convert the conversation for the most part between Mendez and and John is John's trying to figure out how to go about this, like how how to it really it's it's a it's an interesting part, and I mean, it doesn't it it maybe doesn't get seen that way, but John is trying to figure out how to cope with what happened. And and Mendez in his super military random fatherly way, he he imparts some advice on John, and by advice he imparts a code for John. Let me make sure I say this. I say this correctly. A rare occurrence here on you, me, and Laura. Where we yeah, check yeah. ourselves. Yeah, like I, I gotta make sure I. Um, well, while you're looking that up, I'm going to kind of expand a little bit on something you already said. Kind I'm of jump in there. Time. Um, Go for it. I'm gonna pull up my notes real quick. <laughs> <laughs> so to kind of add to what Ken Dog was saying um, about them being rehabilitated into Oni, Doctor Halsey actually mentions in her journal that uh, she expects that the washouts. About only 50, there are no more than 50% that are going to be rehabilitated in a meaningful way. However, she also does know that all of her calculations involving the Spartans and their resilience has been fucking wrong. <laughs> so to to learn from her past mistakes, she actually annotates that um, she has no doubt that they're sheer presence of will will pull far more than that 50% out even though that's what her math keeps coming out to and her only logic behind it is and I quote they've always been able to exceed expectations it's true it's true do, do also, you have it or do you oh yeah I time? pulled it yeah no okay, no I good. pulled up my nose yeah, we're <laughs> that's good. all I had yeah. <laughs> I'm done for yeah. the episode <laughs> You know what's really bad? I had to figure out which notebook I had it in. Oh God, this is why yeah. all mine's on my computer. You fucking, <laughs> you fucking Neanderthal. Uh, fun fact, y'all. I live in an area that doesn't relatively have internet, so I, I'm old school. Um, so the conversation that John has with Mendez is this: John straight up asks him, "What did I do wrong that caused my men to die?" 
Mendez, Mendez being Mendez, he gives, he gives John a very solemn look. And he explains something very important that kind of, I believe it, it does a good job in framing how, uh, framing especially, I think, John and Cortana's relationship. So the quote is this. A leader must be ready to send soldiers under his command to their death. It's acceptable to spend their lives. Excuse me. It's acceptable to spend their lives. Oh, I completely wrote the quote wrong. This is great. Oh, excuse me. No, it's acceptable to spend their lives if it's acceptable, but not to waste them. So that's that's the biggest thing Mendez told John in that moment. Given the circumstances, and I'm sorry, I didn't write it wrong. I just couldn't read it right. Um, Mendez tries to explain to John that what they're doing and what they're going to get into, people are going to die. You're going you're gonna to put your team in situations that they may not come out of it. What he pretty much is saying, don't make their death in vain. Don't, don't, don't make it worth nothing and don't get them unnecessarily killed. That's I mean I mean we even teach that today in battle oh, yeah. Um oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Every operation has a certain percentage of troop loss that's attributed to it. Um when you actually like do all your battle fucking planning and shit. They're like um I forget. Have you ever looked up the numbers that were supposed to die on D-Day? Because that's the first I'm, I'm, one that they teach it about. Like, that's the all-time example is, like, the D-Day, just, of course. But I just want you to know, the reason why I paused so long, because that was never a thought in my mind. It'd be like, did somebody have an estimate of how many people were not going to make it? That's, yeah. Wow. Wow, there's yeah, a whole of lot of things I gotta I gotta look up now. Yeah, go um just fun fun research on your own. Go ahead and uh, look up um the uh, the attrition rate that was calculated for D Day, and then the actual attrition rate. And you know, but yeah, no every every major operation now small operations you're not of course going to do that. And somebody on my side of the totem pole is not. That was always one step above what I, I managed to ever get to. But um, yeah, no. There is for major operations, there is a certain rate of acceptable loss, and that's that's the same thing. Acceptable loss, like, because I mean, you human error is always going to persist. Like, there's no, <laughs> there's no getting around it. But uh, yeah, no, we we yeah, that's something that's taught today. It's 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 funny, man, because I'm looking. I'm looking at the the, the rates and just because we're here. So initially, we're we're looking at a 175,000 men, right? Yep. And of those men, 57,000 were American. I think it's crazy that the low number, the low number for people killed or missing is 3,400. Yeah. And mind you, it's weird to look at it like compared to the size of like the 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 the, the allies. I'm like, oh, that's that's relatively small, 
But oh my god. Three, like 3,500 people got snuffed out like it was nothing. Yeah. That's like numbers wise, it looks so small. But like I'm in my mind, I'm I'm, I'm trying to picture, but nobody could really ever picture unless you were there. That's yeah, that's that's mind blowing, and and I, I'm assuming that's an acceptable loss. I I don't know because now that I'm looking for it, I can't find it anymore. You can. I'm just I you just have to spend more than five minutes looking at it. Um. I, I I don't know if you remember the story about the the Vietnam War. I don't know if you remember the story of the guy who shot the uh, the Viet Cong, and I think he kept a picture of he he like he took the guy's picture. I think it was a picture of his daughter, and he actually like spent the lighter light the I think the latter half of his life trying to find her. I think to apologize. There's a few of those that have come out of Vietnam. Like, yeah, I remember man. two guys were in the same battle, one on each side, and they actually met up for, like, a beer. <laughs> like, there's pictures of them hanging out. I haven't heard one about the daughter, but I don't doubt it. Yeah, and and the guy talks about it. Like, he, I think he, I can't, I, we watched it as a kid. I'm like, I'm not going to try to pretend, like, oh, here's a quote. You know what? Yeah, but if, if yeah, you read yeah, it, yeah. it's interesting. Yeah, it's, it's one of those faint memories. I got you. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Remember, folks, if you meet a Vietnam vet, make sure to welcome them home because they sure shit didn't. Um, but moving on, yeah. <laughs> moving away Changing from the over. death and despair. <laughs> um, let's move on to do do do. Let's move on to what was happening at Harvest while this was going on. Take it away, Brandon. Take so, it away, sir. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if I want to talk about that or if I want to talk about Cole, because Cole also is going through something right now. I would... How about this? I would say let's let's relate it to what's going on in Harvest, and maybe we save it for that Cole episode we keep saying we're going to do. <laughs> yeah. No, no, it's going to happen, because yeah. <laughs> it's almost all going to be about Cole here in an episode or two. Um, yes. All right. Cole train. <laughs> But what happens is, so y'all remember we were talking about, I answered a question during one of our fan episodes, and I don't know if it came out in one of our real ones, but a question was asked from one of the fans, why, like, if we have interstellar fucking travel, right, and we have, like, all this high-tech equipment, we're doing all these programs with the Spartans, Oni is just an ever-present force, why did nobody reach out and say, oh shit, alien, help, <laughs> you know? Um, and that's because all comms were cut off. Um, well, that didn't go completely unnoticed by Oni. Oni did notice that Harvest just went completely black. Just no fucking, no communication, nothing coming, nothing going, zero. Um, so in order to investigate, because bearing in mind, Oni is unaware of the alien threat. They only think that it's a terrorist attack. Or some sort of, you know, normal threat in that day and age of humanity. They send a ship by the name of the Argo. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, I gotta stop you. Mm-hmm. Ben Affleck went to Harvest? Oh, God, I hate you. <laughs> Continue. 
<laughs> See, I thought you were going to stop me because of I, I read it and I like remembered it was in, in uh, Harvest is an Epsilon M- Indie. I know we're going to be talking here in a bit about uh, Iridanus, and for a minute, because they start with the E, <laughs> I was spooked. I was like, did I fuck it up? <laughs> I think you're going to yell at me. <laughs> oh, no. I, I just wanted to get I wanted to get my, my bat fleck action in. That's it. I'm, I, went, I'm, I'm, I went from panic reading blog. sweat. To <laughs> <laughs> um, so they send the Argo, and the Argo is um, not a huge ship by any means it is commanded by the cma it was built by the unsc but it was commanded by the colonial military authority for those of you who keep forgetting our acronyms it's the cma they'll be they won't be around too long too much longer (laughs) yeah um so they dispatched them and uh upon arriving in the system they sent one transmission back informing that they just exited slip space near harvest and that was the last anybody ever heard of the fucking argo <laughs> um i don't just say that for fucking exposition uh exposition but the the argo decided um like something spooky was going on with harvest and i use the term spooky because you got to imagine right so the argo shows up and it's a smaller sized vessel. And it shows up to this planet that has just gone black, thinking that it's a terrorist attack that just took out, like, the comms or some shit. You know, maybe a nuclear, another nuclear warhead went off and the EMP burst from it caused fucking communique to go down. Um, because that's an everyday thing. Don't forget, like, there are just nuclear explosions every now and then <laughs> when it comes to humans in this era. But what they arrive to is this big fucking they don't see it due to the light but it's basically this big black object against harvest and they can't really make out what it is because of the way everything's kind of shining around so when they uh go to look closer at not only it but they come out of trajectory to look at both it and harvest itself they see that the space elevators that went from harvest to space you remember us talking about the tiara a few episodes back uh, that's gone. Like, they're just gone. They're not there anymore. There's no way to get to Harvest unless you physically bring your ship to land, which is archaic in this uh, day and age. <laughs> we take uh, space <laughs> elevators around here, <laughs> sir. Um, <laughs> but when they get closer, they kind of have an oh shit moment and realize that big black object is a fucking ship. <laughs> Yo, fun and, fact, that's what I like to call my cock. God, a fucking ship? <laughs> yeah, it's a big black... No, it's not a big black object. I'm lying. <laughs> um, but yes, it was destroyed by the ship when it got a little too close. Um, it tried to send out one final communication, but it was unable to. This led... Uh, now Oni knows something weird's going on. Right? Um, because not only did your planet go dark, Johnson, who you sent there to prevent this from happening to, is just fucking somewhere. <laughs> just yep. n- not where he's supposed to be. <laughs> Yo, this whole Harvest recap just turned into an innuendo of once you go black, you never go back. And you never go back online, clearly. So. <laughs> yeah, Harvest is just gone. Well, yeah, Harvest is gone, but um, yeah, Johnson's just gone. <laughs> 
Who he's Yo, no, John, he's no he's slouch. getting booty. He's getting booty right <laughs> <Yeah>. now. <laughs> he's a little busy. He's 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 a little busy getting busy. But um, <laughs> but now this this ship that you spent that you sent that was small because it was supposed to be just a quick in and out, quick. Hey, what's going on? Get the fuck out of there. They didn't make it, so now they know something weird is going on. They know something screwy's up. So they do a quick formation and they summon up what's uh, a a team by the name of Battle Group Four. And before everybody loses their mind, I know it's a battle group, so it is a culmination of ships. But I'm going to use the term team because it's easier. And fuck you. But (laughs) (laughs) uh, so they summon this team, and it's a formation once again of the CMA's fleet, and it's led by a guy by the name of Captain Marabou Verdi. Or Veridi, I'm sorry. And I'm not going to get into Captain Ver- Veridi because he's kind of, he's not that interesting of a dude. But he ends up leading the entirety of Battle Group 4. Uh, they get everybody together. And they end up going to Harvest. Now, while fucking around and finding out, they come up with what's called a, when they arrive at Harvest, let me kind of restructure myself. Okay, so when they arrive at Harvest, the first thing they notice is the entirety of Harvest looks like it's made out of glass. So if you remember when we were talking about that weird beam thing coming down and destroying everything from the fucking sky, um, that's what it was truly doing beyond the chaos it was literally turning the planet's surface into a glass and that was the first thing that battle group four noticed when they arrived there um you, oh yeah oh no i was gonna say you know it's funny you you've you've read invincible right no i i only watched it i didn't read it oh if i'm gonna be 100 right. honest Okay, then I'm gonna I'm leave it alone because uh, there. You know, I'm just gonna leave it alone. Continue. Oh no, I I mean I'm not going to if that's <laughs> like your follow up. No, no, man, because it um, and I'm I'm gonna hop off this just because I I don't I don't want to I don't want to get too distracted on it. There's an interesting character that shows up, and um, there's a similar strategy be- between himself and the Covenant, and I'll leave it at that. I got you. So. Um, but the second thing they notice <laughs> dum, is, dum, dum. is that weird black object once again. <laughs> mm, hey, girl. <laughs> but uh, that's when they, I'm not going to go into it, just nerd logic. It's the racist pattern indicator, uh, interdictator. And I'm not going to go into it. That's just what it's fucking dubbed. All right, just deal with it. Now. It's a battle group branding. <laughs> so, if you remember, Ken Dog one time brought up that a certain set of rules was established. And I got really upset spaghetti because I was all like, no, we're not talking about that yet. No, Ken Dog. Well, um, Ken Dog was right to bring it up because now they come into play. <laughs> um, they follow their first contact protocols. And they attempt to initiate communications with the big black object. 
And as soon as they open up and start sending out fucking frequencies to communicate with it and see what the fuck is happening, uh, they were suddenly fired upon, <laughs> like, from it, i.e., we're not here to talk to you. <laughs> we don't I, want... I, <laughs> I believe the term is hell no to the no no No, we were to try talking once. <laughs> um, so the battle group then returned to fire. But, like, absolutely 0% effective against shooting at this thing. Like, they noted that their Archer missiles, which are, like, the primo, top-the-line, wipe-out-anything-anywhere <laughs> at any point in time, they are meant to destroy ships. Um, like, that is their purpose in life. It had zero effect. Like, nothing. Didn't even phase it. Not even a fucking gust in the wind to this fucking thing. And in 14 seconds, from first volley of rounds, uh, two of the ships are gone. The Arabia and the Vostok. All hands gone. And another ship, the, Her- uh, the Heracles. I fucked that up the first time in our notes. I called it the Hercules. It was not the Her- Hercules. It's the Heracles. Um, it was severely damaged. Look at you. Proper pronunciation. Yeah, I'm getting there. I'm, I'll work on it. Hey, um, hey, hey. <laughs> So now, obviously, fucking homeboy, Captain uh, Captain Veridai, he's like, we got to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> like, I don't give a shit. We're fucking gone. Boot up whatever you got to do. Fucking roll. We got to move, right? Evac. <laughs> um, so everybody's panicking, and the remaining ships are fucking trying to get out of there. By remaining ships, uh, by the way, it's the Heracles. <laughs> That is it. And uh, while trying to get out of there, because he's on board, so of course he's going to retreat, the Heracles picks up a transmission. And that transmission is in English. The Heracles plays the transmission, and it says, Your destruction is the wheel of the gods, and we are their instruments. Bro, didn't Putin say that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Actually, let me Google it. Let's see who all said that. Because no. I'm pretty sure that came up in something else. Um, no, because that quote makes me think of like, um, it's God. What, what Putin said, it's uh, it's God job. It's God's job to forgive them, but it's my job to send them there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like God sort them out. Um, so... Fortunately, the Heracles does manage to fucking bail, right? So they get this message and they're like, nah, <laughs> shit's moon's haunted. <laughs> We're out, <laughs> you know? And um, so they fucking book it back and they actually get into space or the space around reach. And that's when fucking good old Captain Verindi, um, the term they use is they said that he told the UNSC what's taking place however i like to think of it more like a panicked man desperately screamed into the void (laughs) 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 and hoped anybody would listen um because how do you you know what i mean like that should have taken out anything because it was a heavy class destroyer and two frigates and they were just fucking obliterated in 14 seconds Oh dog, I'd I'd be screaming 
Like I'm screaming in someone's ear in the club. I would legit sound like Tyrese and Transformers screaming, "Bring the rain, bring yeah, the fucking rain!" I love rain. that fucking scene, <laughs> <laughs> bro. Um, it's, it's it's such a well. I love you, Michael Bay. I don't care what people. I love say. Michael Bay, man. Like he is good at what he does, you know. <laughs> and it's such a cheesy scene, too. It's so cheesy, but it's so good. <laughs> Bro, it, dude, given the fact they just ran a, a 4.0 in the middle of the desert with gear out running a robotic scorpion, I want somebody to bring me rain, water, an umbrella, <laughs> a tactical nuke. <laughs> Give me all the things. <laughs> just whatever you have. Use it. Um, shit. You got a paper clip? <laughs> I don't give a shit. Put it in there. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> oh, fucking Pirates of the Caribbean. Load the cannon with whatever you have. I'm good. I'm done. Continue. <laughs> but no, that's all I wanted to bring up. So that's how um, Oni, the UEG, and um, the CMA all became informed that there are aliens around, and they're not. They're not nice. <laughs> They are not cool, bro. <laughs> you are not just going to casually fuck one in an episode. Um, <laughs> Silver timeline. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I was thinking, because I'm like, this is probably a weird, like, in the Halo universe, like, how do you go about this on Fox News? <laughs> the aliens oh, aren't God. friendly. <laughs> oh, oh, there it is. <laughs> I got to cut that. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, damn. Okay. Bonus content. We'll put it behind Casey. <laughs> um, speaking of, you can now support us directly on Spotify. Yeah. Yeah. All of our content will be free. However, if you do feel like sending us $5, <laughs> that'd be rad. <laughs> coming through so now everybody's starting to become informed and yeah that brings us up to date on harvest because obviously um the unsc is like fucking what <laughs> what are you talking about right now and they decide that they don't quite fully believe captain veridi they believe him with the aliens i should say that they full-heartedly believe that homeboy saw fucking he saw an alien and he's here now <laughs> but that's all they can confirm right because they're also looking at it from the other side like you gotta think this is true to captain veridi like there are aliens in 14 seconds they destroyed everything he was in charge of and he barely made it out alive on the flip side, they think that possibly Captain Veridi is a fucking moron, and he just fucked up and lost a space battle. So they kind of, I won't say naysay him, but they do go, alright, yep, sure, aliens, whole planet's made of glass now, you say. That's cool. You know what I mean? Like they kind of, <laughs> they kind of gaslight him <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> like, like every sci-fi movie when they're like, "Yo, there's aliens." Come on, man. Come, Come on, on, bro. Or like zombie movies. Zombies. <laughs> yep. Come on. Come on. Haunted man. house. <laughs> there's a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. You know what I mean? Like, um, but they do decide. That they are going to send an even larger battle group 
um, and there is only one man that they decided who would be in charge of it. But it takes a little time to get the pieces together, so you're not going to hear about it really any further than this. But that one man they want to call back into action as a little dude by the name of Preston Cole. I I I do want to say the what the, what's the best way to equate it to? I think it's like the beginning of Escape from New York when they're like, "Hey man, you got to do this." <laughs> <laughs> like, yo, every wait, time I drink. <laughs> every shout out. Fun fact about Escape from New York. If you play the phenomenal, this is my favorite thing. I love to like hit you with a with a Metal Gear Solid two quote. Um, Brandon, do you remember what um, Snake's secret name he was running by in, in um, Metal Gear Solid two? Which one? Oh, in two, dude, I can't differentiate. Was it solid? Was it liquid? Like <laughs> no. So, and real quick, just to touch on Metal Gear before we jump back in Halo, um, the reason why I'm bringing up Escape from New York. And I'm bringing up uh, Metal Gear. The reason is Snake's name in Metal Gear Solid 2 is Iroquois Pliskin. And what was the name of the main character from Escape from New York? I don't know, Ken Dog. Tell me. Snake Pliskin. That's a fun little fact. Did you do that all on your own? Yeah, that's off the dome. That that, that, no, that's off the dome. Just because you you set it up that hey, we need to get cold. Because literally, the escape from New York (laughs) opens up with yeah, we need to get this jackass to go into New York. So (laughs) pretty much, and he's like, I guess I'll do it. (laughs) I mean, somebody's got to, right? And and we'll get into that once that timeline comes up. This is still a little ways away, but this is when the gears start getting in motion for it. So I had to bring it up. Oh yes, Um, I believe. I believe it's time to get physical. Oh, you have been waiting for this. Um, so real quick, y'all, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna do everybody so dirty with this. Break time. Ooh, oh no! I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Nah, let's get through. Oh, oh, I was gonna leave him on a cliffhanger. Ooh, no, let's do that. I like cliffhangers. Yeah, the audience loves cliffhangers. That's the thing yes. they say they, they come here for. They say they come yeah. here for the cliffhangers. We're really yeah, good we're at gonna, them. We're, we're, yeah, I <laughs> was going to be like, you, <laughs> we're the best. <laughs> we put Sylvester Stallone to shame. <laughs> come on. You know what movie I'm talking about. Cliffhanger? Yes. <laughs> I, I was like, so concerned. I don't know why I was like, I felt like the teacher just called on me, and I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> so I just said the last thing to come to mind. You know what's the fun thing about that movie? When that movie came out, I was probably only I was only like one years old. It came I was born in ninety two, and it came out in ninety three. So oh, I was two. Yeah. Ah, oh, look at you, old man. So yeah. All right. Great. Oh, We're God. great at movies, y'all. Yo, hey, this is like the first episode I actually got my movie references right. Look at you. You've been brushing yeah. up on the pop culture, my guy. Oh, no, it's just coming all back to me. Like, the dementia was like, it's, I'm giving me a day off. I so. think you were just stressed out, my dude, because you've been doing a lot better since the thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's weird being unemployed. It's great. Oh, I wasn't going to say it, but sure. <laughs> oh, no, it's, it's fine. It's like, it's like right now it's the same 10 to 20 people, so it's like I'll share my life. 
All right, I'll leave it. <laughs> be all right. So yeah, cliffhanger time, y'all. This is where we're gonna leave you. I want to set the scene. I want y'all to. I want y'all to. I want y'all to think of. You can either think of uh, the song "Get Physical" from Olivia Newton John, or we can go to Scarface, and I want you to think of "Push It to the Limit." And I'm not talking about the one with Rick Ross. I'm talking about the old school one. Now, to set the scene, uh, right before we get here. At the end of the funeral, every Spartan who survived the augmentation, they are on bed rest for two days on a, on a space station on outside of Reach. So John actually uses one of the days to go to the gym. Now, the cool thing about the gym in Reach, right? Oh, excuse me, on the space station, is it had two different kinds of gravity. In the gym. Uh, one in the outer portion of the gym and one on the inner portion of the gym. So it had like two different sets of gravity for people to train in. Now, when John started working out, and just to give you an idea of what's in the gym, excuse me, um, there's, there's uh, speed bags, there's a boxing ring, there are free weights. Um, they have all kinds of machines for, for, for all the different muscles, all that. So John being the baller that he is, everybody knows when you go to the gym, you're not working legs, baby. You're working the guns. So what he starts out with curls, right? And when he go, when he's doing the curls, he actually, he goes to the center section of the, of this gravitational gym. He's in the middle of the gym. um, And this is, I believe this part of the gym is at like, 1G, I believe. And he picks up a dumbbell. Um, Hold on, let me, give me one sec. I'm going to double check what was the weight of the dumbbell. One million cans of tuna. All right, so John picks up a, a four, like a, a forty-pound dumbbell. You know, my man's still a kid; he ain't balling out like that. So he picks up a a forty-pound dumbbell, and John realizes something's really, really odd. This doesn't feel like forty pounds. So he grabs like he, I believe, the next one he grabs like a sixty-pound weight, and. Still, something's not right. It it's it's lighter than what it should be. And then, then John decides, and I need to pull up. I need to pull up my notes for this. So John then after, after John's trying the different machines and he is trying to figure out what's going on. And you know what's funny? What you know what John did? He moved from like the center. He went to like the part of the gym where gravity is a lot more higher. So the, he he pulled a Goku on his way to Namek. He pulls a Goku. He goes to the side of the gym that has higher gravity. 
And that feels normal to him. And John then proceeds, you know, he's he's um, he's working every different machine. He's working the speed bags. He um, he's working the leather balls and he's he's feeling something so different. So it's funny. Then John proceeds over to the bench press, right? He, he goes over to the bench press and then John pulls the pin. And, it, and the pin on the bench press, it had like this locking mechanism on it. And John takes this pin and he drops it. Brandon, what, what do you think John, what, cause John's trying to figure out why everything feels lighter, why, why he feels stronger. He drops the pin and what do you think he's doing in the time the pin is released from his hand before it hits the floor? Oh, I have no fucking idea. This is your world. You live oh, here. This is it. <laughs> he's just looking at the pin. So clearly, Brandon, if you drop a pin, you're going to instantly see it hit the ground. Relatively like what? A second, two seconds? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess. For John, when he drops the pin, it's like dropping the pin in molasses. That's how fast his his eyes can process what's happening. Like it's 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 moving at such a slow pace for him. He's trying to figure out what's going on. And mind you, a little fun fact. As John is calculating uh, how many seconds it took for the pin to hit the ground, the man does calculus and I think trigonometry in his head the whole time the pin is falling. And I do want to clarify, and I'm I'm probably getting it wrong, and I'll, I'll recon it in the next episode. He actually forgets the steps for the calculus, and he has to re he he redoes the problems in his head to figure out what's the correct formula to use. What the fuck? Yeah. So he yeah that's it. He forgot the formula for distance. He forgot the formula for distance and acceleration. So he did calculus in his head. And then, not even that he just do calculus, he even got the square root. And only thing going through this man's mind is like, ah, oh, shit, I suck at math. What the fuck? <laughs> yo, that, like, yo, that's the biggest thing. This man forgot the formula for distance and acceleration, and he ran through it in his head. In the, in the same hundreds of seconds, it was taking the pin to hit the ground. So essentially, what we're seeing in this moment, the muscular augmentations, mwah, work perfect. The augmentations they got to their eyes, mwah, it's on point. Now, before we can see what other augmentations are working, it just so happens four men enter the gym. Now, Brandon, what type of men do you think entered the gym? Um, 
I would have to, because I know where you're going with this. <laughs> I would equate them to your typical gym bros. Oh, you wish they were typical gym bros. Oh, you wish. Um, to paint a picture, I'm not going to say who they are yet, but the tattoos they all carried read drop jet jumpers and feet first into hell. So, and these four gentlemen are from a very infamous, infamous squadron. And mind you, John being John, he gives them a little, you know, John gives them like, you know, the typical what up nod, like, hey, how you doing? They don't care. They don't even look at my boy. They, they, they brush by him, right? And it's funny because this is a complete contrast. We saw John in this gym just wrecking through stuff, trying to figure out what's happening. Mind you, these guys get in here and they're like, you know, they're groaning and they're struggling with the weights. Little problem. Um, one of the gentlemen happened to go to a certain bench press. And Brandon, what did John take out from the bench press? Oh, was that little pin? <laughs> yeah. Um, so guess who lifted and the weights kind of slipped off? Um, I'm going to guess him. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I remember that pin that John was using to do calculus in his head. That's the pin they needed for the lock on the bench press. And let's just say this gentleman wasn't very happy. And John being John, he owned up to it like, hey, my bad. Because they were like, yo, somebody took the pen. What the hell? And he apologized for it. Let's just say they weren't looking for an apology. And next week, we get to see uh, John versus the ODSTs. Oh, we're leaving them there? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's okay. it. I'm we're leaving it. them there. Yeah, y'all. You got to come back. You got to come back for the Thriller in Manila. The brawl. <laughs> the brawl of the century, y'all. Because I, I, will, I will set it up like this. Um, these ODSTs. They are from the the 105, the 105th, um, and I'll talk about them a little bit in the next episode. Um, but needless to say, John pissed off the wrong crowd. But I also will leave you with not everything is what it seems. Hmm. Emphasis here. Remember, we're testing out augmentations. Brandon, take us home, baby. Yeah, I think that's a good place to leave it for this episode, my man. When we come back next week, we're going to talk a little bit more about John, obviously. We're also going to talk a little bit about a uh, kind of a last stand of the insurrectionist movement, albeit they didn't know it was a last stand. We're also going to go over um, a little something called a Talon Project. And if you're curious, I'd have to ask Ken Dog. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, if you if you read Batman, a Talon is, is this dude in owl ninja suit. Oh, is that not what we're talking about? Wrong lore. Wrong lore. Um, uh, tune in next week, y'all, to find the right lore. Dum dum dum. <laughs> so, 
Be sure to turn in. Uh, God damn it, you motherfucker! <laughs> you do this every week. You get me. Um, God damn. Be sure to tune. <laughs> Shit. And next week, <laughs> and uh, have some fun with us on the next episode of You, Me, and Lore. Peace. Peace.